Blog Talk Radio. Fifth Dimensional Living with your host, Diane Bachberger. Diane has been given message from the fifth dimension and higher to bring greater peace and understanding to the lives of others. She lives and experiences these higher dimensions to help our world come into balance and to raise to a higher vibration of love. You can find more information on Diane on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash dbachberger1 as she shares great wisdom with the world. Let's welcome your host of Fifth Dimensional Living, Diane Bachberger.
uh, of 2016. So I will talk about that. Apparently, this is a really rare one that only happens like every 47,000 years or something like that. But there is a pattern to it. And, you know, we've just gone through the eclipses in March, and I've talked about those on different shows that I've done recently. And the ones, you know, that I did, uh, did a show back in February before that, so, and a few other ones. So if you want to find out more information, you know, please go back. The last show that I did was May the 4th. So uh, this is from Wikipedia. So w, you know, w.en-wikipedia.org uh, slash wiki uh, transit of Venus. So you you can just Google it. So basically, um, it's an astronomical phenomena, you know, that doesn't happen very often. And it's like a mini eclipse. So the Venus goes behind the sun, okay? And Part of it is, you know, this transit of Venus across the sun takes place and the planet Venus passes directly beneath or between the sun and and a superior planet, becoming visible against and hence obscuring a small portion of the solar disk. Uh, During a transit, Venus can be seen from the Earth as a small black disk moving across the face of the sun. The duration of such transits is usually measured in hours. There was one, I believe, in June the 6th, 2012, that lasted six hours and 40 minutes. And a transit is similar to a solar eclipse by the moon. While the diameter of Venus is more than three times that of the moon, Venus appears smaller and travels more slowly across the face of the sun because it's much further away from Earth. You know, transits of Venus are among the rarest of predictable astronomical of phenomena. They occur in a pattern that generally repeats every 243 years. You know, I've talked about different patterns for different things. You know, the Uranus Pluto square was 138 years. So there's different cycles for different things. And, you know, we're just aware in fifth dimensional consciousness that what is going on within us happens and appears around us. So it's just a reflection of what's going on within humanity. And that's why I'm talking about it, okay? They occur in a pattern that generally repeats every, like I said, 243 years. So it's pairs of transits eight years apart, separate by a long gap of 121.5 years and 105.5 years. So this uh, periodicity is a reflection of the fact that orbital periods of Earth and Venus are close to uh, eight 13 and 243 um, dash 395 um, and it's just the numbers okay the last transit of Venus was on June 5th and 6th of 2012 was the last Venus transit of the 21st century so you know that's interesting and the prior transit took place on um, it was the last one that we, we experienced. And the the prior transit took place on June the 8th, 2004. 
The previous pair of transits were December 1874 and December 1882. So there's, you know, these these pairs. The next transits of Venus will be on the 10th to 11th December 2117. So likelihood of people experiencing both is is you know probably won't happen. And December the 8th to 1,125. So Venus transits are historically of great significant importance. So used to gain the first realistic estimates of the size of the solar system. So observations of the 1639 transits combined with the principle of parallax provided an estimate of the distance between the sun and the earth that was more accurate than the other one up to the time. So it was used to kind of determine what the universe is like, okay? The solar system. And the 2010 transit provided scientists with a number of other research opportunities, particularly in the refinement of techniques used in search for exoplanets. So finding other planets like Earth that, you know, hold life. So we're going to talk a little bit about this this, this conjunction. Um, Venus with an orbit inclined by 3.4 degrees relative to the Earth usually appears to pass under or over the sun in inferior conjunction. A transit occurs when Venus reaches conjunction with the sun or near one of its nodes. The longitude where the Venus passed through the Earth's orbital plane, the ecliptic, and appears to pass directly across the sun, although the inclination between these two orbital planes is only 3.4 degrees, Venus can be as far as 9.6 degrees from the sun when viewed from Earth at inferior conjunctions. Since the angular diameter of the sun is about half the degree, Venus may appear to pass above or below the sun by more than 18 solar diameters during an ordinary conjunction. So there's a little picture here, so you go back and take a look at this, because, you know, I don't have a lot of time to explain all this sort of stuff. Um, So it's just really interesting. So sequences of transit usually repeat every 243 years, like I said before. And after this period of time, the Venus and Earth have returned to very nearly the same point in their respective orbits. So during the Earth's uh, 243 sidereal orbital periods, which total 8,757.3 days, Venus completes 395 sidereal orbital periods of 240 or 224.701 days. So 224.701 days, each equal to 8,875. Okay, 88,756.9 Earth days. Okay, I'm getting excited here. This period of time corresponds to 152 synodic periods of Venus. So they're, they're periods of these cycles. So just the fact that it's going to be June the 6th, 2016, there's a lot of sixes, so that's why this period of time happens every 47,000 years. If you go by you know, what the time periods we we have right now. 
So the pattern of 105.8 and then 8 and 121.5 in 8 years is not the only pattern that is possible within the 443-year cycle because of the slight mismatch between the times when the Earth and Venus arrive at the point of conjunction. Prior to 1518, the pattern of transit was 8, 113.5, and 121.5 years. So there, you know, the, the patterns change, and the eight-year intertransit gaps before the 80, 546 transit were 121.5 years apart. The current pattern will continue until 2,846. Will it? replaced by a pattern of 105.5 and 129.5 in eight years. So that, you know, it, it changes, but we're in a certain pattern form right now. Thus, the 443 cycle is relatively stable, but the number of transits and their timing with this cycle will vary over time. Since the 243-395 Earth, Venus, Commensurability is only approximate. There are different sequence of transits occurring 243 years apart, each extending for several thousand years, which are eventually replaced by other sequences. So, for instance, there is a series which ended in 541 BC, and the series which includes 2,101, okay, 2,117 only started in AD 1631. So, we're in a different sequence. Anyway, they go on to talk a little bit about observations that's been documented. Um, you know, they found um, cureform and all different tablets and different things, and it's been recorded. You know, the ancient Indian, Greek, Egyptian, Babylonian, and Chinese observer knew of Venus and recorded the planet's motions. You know, the, the actual pattern of Venus in the sky forms that... Um, you know, the five-pointed star. And I think I've talked about that on shows before. So they, they were calling, you know, the early Greek astronomers called Venus by two names, Hesperus, the evening star, and Phosphorus, the morning star. And that's where Lucifer comes from, you know, the morning star. So Pythagoras is a credit with realizing they were the same planet. There's no evidence that any of these cultures knew of the transits. You know, they just recorded what they saw. You know, Venus was important to um, ancient American civilizations, in particular for the Maya, Maya, who called it Noik, the great star of the Exet, the Wasper. They embodied Venus in the form of Kukalaka, known to as or related to Gukamats and Quetzalcoatl in other parts of Mexico. In the Dresden Codex, the Mayan charted Venus's full cycle, but despite their precise knowledge of this, of its course, there's no mention of the transit. So, anyway, it's it's interesting. Um, and the person that first predicted the transit of Venus by predicting that um, in 1627, uh, Joannes Kepler predicted the 1631 event. And um, you can read a little bit more about it. Um, it. It goes back and, you know, there's different things they talk about, about the different types of transits and when they happened and a little bit more about it and the way they were learning. Um, 
they talk they go into the the Venus transit of 2004 and the Venus transit of 2012 so it's it's kind of interesting so you can go back and take a little look at that but what the reason why I'm mentioning it um I just I've got to get go and kind of try this see this information that I wrote somewhere else um here now that I think the constellation of Taurus is going to be around this at the same time so it has great significance uh, to certain peoples of the earth especially people that practice you know paganism and that sort of thing um, the date June the 6th 2016 this configuration happens very rarely and to be in the constellation of Taurus makes it even more rare. Um, so I, I just mentioned that a little bit. You know, some people have said that, you know, this is the day that somebody is going to announce themselves. Um, and they, you know, people get into all this sort of stuff. But um, I've also talked on the show about Mandela effect, which is um, that things just disappear or come out of nowhere like um titles of books you might have remembered a book being called something and all of a sudden it's called something else and you're thinking to yourself i thought that book was named something else and you find somebody else who says yeah and then um there's a group of people that are starting to notice that there's changes in the timeline and every you know different things change so we've shifted a timeline so Maybe the things that people expect to happen, like um, they call the Antichrist coming forth on that day and those sorts of things. People have been posting different things about it. But, you know, things and the timelines have really changed, and I'm really noticing a lot of differences. So that's the only reason why I'm mentioning it, because um, uh, people have asked me, okay? And it's... I think the last time, you know, anything like this was a great long time ago, and for it to happen again. But there's there's something else I want to talk about, too, that it all kind of really... I started... I kind of realized this this morning because, you know, I wanted to talk about this. And you can do a little research about this, you know, Venus transit that's happening and you know it's it's surrounded by that Taurus constellation, um, you know the bull. So you know Prince passed away on April the twenty first, and it was you know like a significant date, and, and people have been talking about it. And he was a very creative person. But what 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 is really strange, and I wanted to talk about it too, was. He was born in 1958, and June the 7th would have been his 58th birthday. So it's called his, I think it's called Bessian birthday, which means that his birthday, he would have had um, his second Saturn return start June the 7th. And that's when big changes happen. He's. I also found out he's a, a manifesting generator, 
which, you know, when they hit their second Saturn return, are able to do some amazing things. So I think he could have done a lot of big changes in the world. And I've talked on the last two shows about my Saturn return and this being my birthdays of significance too. So I just think it's kind of weird that his birthday is so close to this date. You know what I mean? And I so I want to talk about there's a tons of things I want to talk about. Um, you know, I was talking about glitches in time a few weeks ago and distortions and seeing things through the illusion. And the number 58 actually means that. 5858 58, double 58. So anybody like I'm a double 58 and I and I went into my Saturn return. So that's pretty amazing. He would have done the same thing. So I I feel very um I can identify and feel very close to him. You know, like I I might not be you know, the same type of person, but, um, you know, we're all, we're all different, right? Um, I just noticed, um, since all this has happened, my energy level, I went through kind of a period of time where I was going through a lot of changes in my energy body, right? And I have so much energy now, and I've been doing a lot of energy work and shifting a lot of different things. So I may talk about that on another show. But I, I want to touch on, uh, anyway, I'm going to get back to um, talking about um, this this type of birthday. And it keeps leading me back to this, this Venus transit stuff. This is really a thing. Um, so I guess I'm supposed to talk about it a little bit more. There's a special meaning okay, in this Venus transit in in context to humanity, which um, means there's going to be a big shift happening around this time. And on March the 13th, that morning, Source was talking to me about this. So I knew that it was really important. So I thought, okay, I've got to look up a date that has to do with sixes, Okay. And it just happens to be June the 6th, um, 2016. And my birthday is January the 1st, you know, and it's um, not January the 1st. The first month, January, and it's on the 16th, right? So this is my, it's kind of like a double year for me. You know, with, anyway, I'll get get into that. But I, I have to talk about this Venus transit stuff. Anyway, what I want to say is that, you know, people get in their heads that different planetary and star configuration are are events that trigger certain events, but they represent what is really going on within us. So people are thinking, oh, this is happening and it's really rare and this is what's going to happen. But that's not really what's going on, you know. It's what, it's a mirror of what is happening within humanity, okay? Okay. So something very rare and very unusual is going to be happening. And for some reason, Prince was representing that energy, okay? 
But by him being gone, it doesn't change things, okay? Because it's something that's happening within us. You know, they may try to get rid of that, but it's not going to work, okay? It's not a trigger date. It's a transmutation date. And many have kind of got it wrong. There's distortion and opposites in this reality. And humanity is opening up and creating balance right now. That's what's going on. You know, people call it the great purge. And I've talked about that on shows too. And that is all that it is, okay? It's a transmutation time. So Prince was representing that energy, okay? But the energy is there within us all. So dates in the past have been fudged up or messed up to make it look like this. You know, this is a rare time that something's going to happen. You know, and I kept getting that date and I kept seeing stuff. So I went and looked it up and I, you know, like, like I said, I found out this was going to happen on that day. So I was told that we're still on the most positive timeline and humanity's light has made a difference. And, you know, in July, I'm going into the... 500th day of doing the prayers of light to you know for humanity taking them from fear into love you know and opening up and um, getting the double eyeball sort of thing so i think that they were saying i was reading somewhere the odds of venus going behind the sun or doing this transit on any given day are about nine and like 105, 130, 625.25, so it's one in 4,261 odds. And it it only happens on a 666 date, one day out of every 15,000, oh, wait a minute, 15,563,000. Thousand and three hundred and two days. That means, on average, it will not happen again like this for another forty-two thousand six hundred and eleven years. So it's very rare, but it's something that's going on within humanity. Okay. So this transit that happened June the sixth, two thousand and twelve. It went across the sun, and four years later, it's going behind it. Anyway, so it's just interesting. Um, and for some reason, it wouldn't let me go back to, you know, the, what I, I had to, there was more I had to share. So I did that. And I guess I'm, go, I'm able to go forward, so I've, I've talked enough about that. Oh, yeah, I'm going to talk, I, I've got to talk about what, I, I mentioned this on a show before, and it, it's an article somebody wrote. Those of us born in 1957 will turn 57 this year, so, but also... People born in 58 will turn 58 this year, okay? So, and it, you know, this firefighter discovered this. Okay. And it's an article, it's, um, spell the person's name, M-A-R-K-B-I-A-L-C-Z-A-K. And this is written in Jan- on January the 18th. 2014. My mom's birthday is January the 18th and mine's the 16th. Um, This person talks about 
um, the special match is called the Betty and Birthday, B-E-D-D-I-A-N. Find out by clicking my story here. So Prince would have had his Betty and Birthday this coming June the 7th. So before another day of 2014 slips by, I must weigh in a fact that's quite intriguing to me. All of us born in this year, 2000, I mean, 1957 will experience our 57th birthday this year. And this is, you know, also a time where, uh, and I talked about it last week's show, Saturn in Sagittarius is happening. Considering that most more people born in America in 1957 than any other time of the year celebrated by the baby boom, 4.3 million according to uh, BBH. Q.com, that the confluence of numbers is significant for a lot of people. So this is, these are the baby boomers, okay? And there are millions of us Americans running around that will turn 57 this year, a special class of birth year, 1957. There's lots of candles on, lots of cakes, thinks about it. For one thing, unless you live longer than 100 years and you're born towards the beginning of the century, your age matching, the last two digits of the birth year will happen just once in a lifetime. So this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Those of you born in 2000, unless you reach 100, forget it. And I think I talked about this on the show. I figured that out, too. Um, Passing the century marks the only way that the last two digits of birth and your age will possibly be the exact match. So, So people born in that year will not be able to experience that, okay? But I also figured out, um, if you're born in the year 2000, you have your Betty and birthday is happening simultaneously. I think I talked about that. So, you know, it, it happens right when your birthday is happening. So you have the double thing happen right at birth. For some reason, the match only happens for everybody every other year. I discovered by using my fingers, toes, and trial and error. For example, those people born in 56 turned 56 years old in 2012. So, you know, those born in 1958 will turn 58 in 2016. So that's amazing. So there's a little gap there, okay? Feel free to explain with formulas on the comments section. So if you're 13 or younger, your match has has gone by. Did you notice? If you were born in 1956 or earlier, you had your magic year already. Anybody figure out the match? Uh, Take note. TV hosts Matt Lauer and Katie Couric, singers Donnie Osmond and Gloria Estevan, actors Steve Harvey, Ray Romano, civil rights leader Martin Luther King, and director Spike Lee. We're all born in 57. We will turn 57 years old this year. Kind of special, don't you think? But I, I'm I'm more concerned about the 58, okay? And this is, Prince was part of that. So it has to do with the 5858, which has to do with some pretty magical stuff. So let's start a movement. And then he goes on to say that, you know, and, it, and, and there's a link that talks about, you know, the Betty and Celebration. So I just wanted to mention that to people, that there's something going, you know, there's something interesting going on. And, you know, there was um, this full moon in Sagittarius also going on. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit. I was trying to see, uh, maybe this is it. Okay. About Prince's human design. You know, we we talk about um, human design. You can figure it out. there's generators, there's manifestors, there's manifest 
generators, there's uh, reflectors and projectors. And I've talked about that on other shows, but I went and looked at um, what Prince's was. I looked at his chart, his other chart too, but this is more interesting. His human design mandala and his left angle incarnation cross of separation contains the energy rhythm to realize when it's time to separate and move on. Okay, so this energy, he was going into his second um, Saturn return. And if you want to know about that, I talked about it on last week's show. A key aspect of this is to realize what we're when we are done and with we experience coupled with being open to new things. So he they mentioned two celebrities here. I really want to focus on Prince. Um, Prince was a rock icon in the midst of wild uh, a hugely wide popularity. His movie and album Purple Rain drew vast attention from the public and media. And then an interesting thing happened. He decided he wanted to change the experience. So he changed his name into a symbol. You know, it's really funny. I, I've changed my name several times, too, but I, I'll get into that on another show, okay? This certainly changed things, uh, because all radio media now had to refer him as the artist formerly known as Prince, as there was no way to say the symbol on the radio. And, you know, the symbol was a combination of balance, okay? I think that's what he was getting at, you know, androgynous sort of thing because you know we are a balance of masculine feminine when we're in fifth dimensional consciousness okay so he did make a change and they they talk a little bit about kim bassinger she also has the same um thing and um she just she after she divorced, she just wanted complete separation from her husband at the time, you know, Alec Baldwin. And she kept, went to great lengths to keep them separated even from their daughter. So they talk about this, uh, the four gates of the cross of separation, okay? So I think at this time, this, this is important. And then they, gate 22, Openness, grace. This is the energy to openly share emotional experiences with others. This is the gate of being social. So this is an important thing to, that's happening right now. Gate 47, realizing oppression. This is the abstract thinking and the energy to fit all the pieces of puzzle together or filter out one nugget from the mass of data that makes sense. This is a lot of pressure in the process. So this is what kind of what humanity is going through right now, too. You know, I talked about the eighth chakra being opened up and humanity going into the knowing, having understanding and connecting to source and seeing things around them. You know, going to fifth dimensional consciousness when we our energy expands and other chakras open up, the higher chakras, right? This is what I've been talking about for many years on this show. This is abstract thinking and the energy to fit all these pieces of the puzzle together or filter out one nugget from the mass of the data that makes sense. So there's a lot of pressure in this process, but this is what humanity is doing right now. Gate 5, fixed rhythm waiting. The energy is being in sync with the natural rhythms and may be visible in eating, sleeping, and working. Well, he's a manifest generator, so there are times that you have to do things 
when it's time to do them, right? Gate 35, change pro- progress. This is the energy that can tell us what the experience has been about and how we can ch- we, sh- we should change our approach. So if necessary, to make a difference. So these are times of great change. So they were born under the cross of separation. So I think Prince is... You know, he's not a reflector, he's a manifest generator, but he's a reflection of what, kind of what humanity is going through right now, okay? The four gates of the cross of separation are circled in the blue for the prince. So they they show it, you know, the different gateways on his um, thing. He's a manifesting generator. His theme is frustration, strategies to respond, envision, reprocess and form an act. He's a 6'2 role model hermit and a 35'5 and a 22'47. And the left angle crosses separation, left angle transpersonal karma. So he was dealing with a lot of karmic stuff. And humanity is going through that right now, releasing a lot of karmic energy. And I've talked about that on the last two shows. Uh, triple split definition. An emotional solar plexus. So um, what I was doing and have been doing in the Caribbean and near the Bahamas was I was working on this vortex. And basically the solar plexus energy is merging with uh, the upper heart energy. Okay? And I I believe I've talked about that on other shows, but... um, and if I don't talk about it today, I'll try to talk about it in other show, because I am t- talking about a lot of stuff. And it's just it's just really interesting his um, his chart. I just thought I should mention it that there's some significance. You know, just because he represents something, um, killing that off isn't going to change things because it's just a representation. It's not. The end all be all, okay? Um, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, the, the full moon in Sagittarius that happened. But I want to talk also, I wanted to mention um, something about manifest generators. And I think I've got this thing in here. i I got to check it out. And... Uh, I had an article on it here somewhere. I'm trying to find it. Uh, Probably won't let me find it now. Uh, I I, I think I talk... Well, I'm, I'm the incarnation cross of obstruction. Obscuration, I should say. And Richard Branson... And um, I'm a manifest generator. And um, I think I talked about Richard Branson, A.J. Foyt, and Hunter S. Thompson having been born under this cross and how, um, you know, difficulty in gate one was difficulty in beginning. And once we change or mutate, we must finish the change and two form a structure. So, that's kind of one of the gateways. 
and gate 50 values the cauldron. Preservation was achieved by the act of nurturing. And gate 61, mystery, inner truth, the energy impression to know why, why things happen. Gate 62, small details, pondering the small. This is the energy to put a name on things so we can analyze them. So, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting that, you know, I was just going to see about um, who this was here. Just really interesting that I'm noticing these things with these human design and how the manifest generators right now are really are an indication of an activating, you know, the Blu-ray energy is really changing things on the planet right now. They're the people that, you know, could start, kind of start things and really get things rolling. Very creative people. And, you know, Prince is a reflection of that. But maybe I'll talk about that. Um, they talk about the number 58. And I was, you know, saying this is the year of 58, 58. So 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. So 13 and 13, those are really big, strong, magical numbers in numerology. Um 58 in Hebrew, 5858 is pronounced eyeball. And isn't that funny? I was just looking at it. It sounds like eyeball. And it's opening and um, having your eyes wide open. And that's, this is my 5858. And it would have been, and it still is because energy never dies. Prince's 5858. Anyway, they, they have a whole article on this uh, biblehub.com forward slash Hebrew 5858. So this is a real strong, you know, like thing. Um, I just want to mention it because it means ebal, E-B-A-L. And um, I'm just looking at... You know, when you put the, all those together, it sort of makes that symbol that Prince was. Phonetic spelling is a ball. And um, it says, perhaps from an unused root, probably meaning to be bald, bare, or to, you know, not have anything in front of you, to be totally open. This is when it's happening. So it's already happening. People are opening up. So I, I just wanted to mention that. I, there's, I wanted to talk about angel numbers, you know, the number 58. And repeating sacred uh, scribes, these sacred numbers. So 5858 is a sacred number, okay? It has to do with having things taken, veils taken away from us and our eyes opening, okay? So angel numbers, Joanne, uh, sacred scribes, she writes here, uh, repeating angel numbers, fives and eights, like five, five, eight, eight, five, eight, five, eight, five, 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 eight, and five, eight, 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 et cetera. So the five and eight number combination signifies you're heading towards substantial changes in your life. You know, I talked about those big changes, with Prince, right? He represented that energy. 
you are asked to stay balanced and positive at this time. And the message from your angels is to remember you are well-loved and supported by the universe and to maintain your faith and trust. An, an initiative or new project may have financial benefits for you, so it may be well worth your while. So this 5858 energy is very strong. So it's it's really good luck. Okay? And, and things you can really activate, especially you have manifest generator energy like I do and um, Prince has or his energy, okay? So there's also, you know, the number 58. I'll mention that too. She talks about that. And so it's, you know, these angel numbers. You can Google it. Um, so it's sacred scribe angel numbers dot blogspot dot ca. Okay, angel number 58. So the vibrations of 5 and 8. Number 5 contributes its energies of life changes, activity, versatility, adaptability, and progress, free will, making positive life choices and decisions, learning by experience, personal freedoms, auspicious opportunities. Number 8 lends its attributes of manifesting wealth and abundance, self-reliance, truth, integrity, success, and achievement, inner strength, and inner wisdom, karma, and universal spiritual law of cause and effect. You know, in the Caribbean, when I, in the Bahamas, there was energy that I left there and I went and picked up again. But this energy is really strong energy. And, you know, the balancing of that energy that comes from there, it's pretty powerful energy. Angel number 58 brings a message to your angels that your finances will be improving and there will be a positive flow of abundance in your life. And a new project, job, opportunity, or promotion may be in the offing, which will be garner financial gains and rewards. We create our own realities by our thoughts and actions, especially manifest generators. So you use your personal strength, a positive attitude, and progressive action in order to reap rewards of all kinds in your life. Angel number 58 is a message that making changes in regards to how you derive or earn an income will ensure future material and monetary success. This may involve changing your career, promotion, new opportunities to expand your own business ideas. If you have been receiving intuitive messages, prompts, and urges to begin your own spiritually-based business, career, or practice, now is a great time. The funny thing is that I'm moving away from that now. It's a whole different story for me, but it's still, you know, pretty amazing. Invest in yourself and your well-being to ensure you're functioning at your optimal in all ways. So angel number 58 is a message to have faith and trust in the universe, and you will reap your well-earned rewards. So very powerful numbers, 58. Anyway, so I talked about a lot of different things already. Um. I just got to, I'm trying to find that thing that has to do with, uh, uh, you know, Anonymous has been stepping forward a lot lately and talking about, um, you know, the banking system and how things are going to change and all that other stuff. So um, I just thought I'd mention that. I also want to mention that a lot of, Aboriginal people are speaking up more now about what's going on and how they don't even aren't even told that when 
big corporations are coming on their land and you know pillaging the environment they're not even aware of it they haven't been informed so i would encourage you know there's occupy and all those different groups that have uh, stepped up and you know um idle no more and all those things get them going get them really get that punch out there and that's what i'm praying for you know the the aboriginal people need to speak up even more now and the metis people and i'm i'm metis so i'm uh, you know i'm i can talk about those things so they're right they got a mass sued in right now and they're going to be suing these companies so we're going to have to wait to see what goes on go to the site Occupy Toronto. There's some pretty amazing stream there if you want to know more about it. You know, people ask me, is ascension really happening? Well, the changing of the energy within the human body and the opening of the heart. You know, I, there's there's a lot of things on the Internet right now. They've been talking about, you know, it's not, um, what do they call that, the greenhouse effect that's really happening right now. It's it's the a bit of a solar thing happening before what an ice age happens all the patterns that are going on right now happened before the dark ages when there was a mini ice age so you know a lot i was looking at all these streams on facebook and i know that the gulf stream is changing because i saw what was going on energy wise and i was trying to balance the energy a little bit so it doesn't get that cold you know for people but it got pretty the day I left here, the next day, it snowed out here. That's really unusual weather for May. And I wanted to mention, there's a pattern. Um, in 1977, there was a full moon on Christmas. And then this year, uh, 2015, there was a full moon on Christmas. And then right after that, you know, so in 78, it got really cold. And then this year... You know, 2016, the, you know, after this full moon that happened on Christmas, it's, it was pretty cold again. So there is a pattern going on. Anyway, we want to talk about, um, you know, the, the human design, but one particular type, and it's manifest generators. There, People say they're kind of a cross between a manifester and a generator, but they're they're noticing more. They, they were saying they're part of the generators, but they're noticing a like maybe this is a separate type of person, right? So I, I want to read a little bit about these. These people are the ones who get things done, but there is flow and sometimes a small window when everything falls together. So sometimes, like I can get things done that would take two weeks to do in a matter of a few hours like a few minutes. I've I've just noticed that. When I try to manifest like people do in 3D, it doesn't happen, you know. But when I manifest in flow, and I've talked about it on other shows, it really amazing things can happen. People ring, I, I, I say something like, oh, I'd like some chocolate, and then a doorbell rings and somebody brings in chocolate. So anyway, there, there's this thing, it's called humandesignforsuccess.com dash human design types and relationships series manifesting generators and i'm talking about it because of myself and also the fact that prince 
I think there's great significance in him, okay? There's more than meets the eye to this this person. Just like, you know, um, Michael Jackson was um, a projector. No, wait a minute. He wasn't a projector. He was a reflector, which reflects what is going on in... But somehow, Prince is a manifesting generator, but he was also... He had reflecting energy because of his type, okay? And that's why I talked a little bit about his. You can do more reading on it. So I'm, I'm going to talk about manifesting generators. And this was written um, by the person that has this site, um, you know, this humandesignfixsuccess.com. And it's published May the 15th, 2014 by Evelyn, Manifest Generators. Nothing moves fast enough for them. They they have they could be composing like Prince different songs all at the same time. It has a bunch of different tracks going. They're very productive people. And I notice something about myself that I need to be physically active too. You know, um, I I can manifest and sit there, but I need to be to have that energy also. Like I said, nothing moves fast enough from there's a good chance you are, are one or have a relationship with a manifest generator. Somewhere in your life, they're approximately 33% of the world's population. So like generators, they have a sustainable energy and constitute a significant part of the work, world's workforce. So while they share many characteristics with generators and some practitioners refer to the two as one type, she kind of agrees with the fact that it, Maybe a completely different type of human design, okay? Here we look specifically only the pure manifesting generator. Your human design chart will show manifester generator as your type. So they have two primary focuses, work and family and mating. So um, they're involved in relationships, okay? And they have a motor center to the throat. Well, I have a lot of things going on in my throat. I... uh, when I speak truth, things just come out of my mouth. I have control over it now, but at one point, things would come out of my... And now I'm talking, and now I need to take a drink. Um, like, I would um, predict things, and things would come out of my mouth that would come true, right? Sometimes not the greatest things, and it was shocking for people, and I, I learned how to control it. So anyway... Um, manifesting generators have a motor center to the throat so it can easily manifest ideas into action. Through, uh, Though, like the generator, they do need to check in with their sacral response. So they need to check that intuitive part of themselves. So manifesting generators are here to find the fastest way to get through things. You know, I've known one... My kids have kind of figured it out. They say when they have a lot of things to do, they said, Mom, I'm taking you with me. (laughs) And it's like what they would have done and taken to do weeks or whatever. It just goes bip, 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 you know. And um, so they can find the fastest way through things or things just open up, you know, and manifest in front of you. They may skip steps by getting things done. So it's important that they need to go back and fix what they skipped if it was important. So I did something when I was in the Caribbean, and I'm going to talk about this, two years ago, and it wasn't that I skipped a part. There was something that I had to do. 
and it involved me doing that because it had to get done quick, right? And I went back, you know, to do to do some other energy work, and I went back and did that step that I missed. But it was meant to happen. It was supposed to happen. So it says here they need to go back and fix what they skipped if it was important. And sometimes, you know, there are steps that need to be skipped. It's not like when you're writing a test and you have to show all your work, right? You know, sometimes they'll say to you, oh, you don't have to show your work. You can just write the answer in there. So basically that's what manifest generators do. They they go boop and they figure it out. The answer comes to them. It has to do with this motor center to the throat. Um, nothing seems to move fast enough. Um, there's something about me that I'm very patient. So I, I think a lot of manifest generators might not be that patient, but there's a part of me that has balancing energy, okay? So the authentic energy of the manifest generators are very intense. And people have actually said to me, you've got very intense energy. They can feel my energy. And, you know, what was really kind of weird, when I went to uh, the Bahamas, you know, when you go through customs and all that stuff, or you you go through to get on the plane. This is not customs. When you go through to get on the plane, they check your baggage and they check it for everything. Every time I put a plastic thing down, the person would take it away. And I was like, you know, and then I just said to the person, like, could I have one of those things? I need, you know, I would like to use it. So you have to ask permission. So I, I was kind of getting a little bit frustrated because I'm just using this as an example because I found it really funny. And I was thinking, what the heck? This person's being jostled by my energy. So I guess, you know, they have to ask, you know, if you've got that manifesting energy too, along with the generator, you have to ask for permission to do things but i noticed one of the things that people do with manifest generators they think they can take our energy but they can't okay so we're born to respond to everything around them and they do it quite naturally so people always say to me how do you know all this stuff and it's just the energy that we have okay and then especially when we have the upper chakras open the answers just come to us you know there's been times where i've gone and thought, oh, I didn't study. And then, like, somebody says to me, well, did you study for that exam over the Christmas holidays? And I was like, no, I didn't. And then I go and write the exam, and I'm the only person that passes, you know, sort of thing. And I didn't think anything of it, but, you know, now that I, you know, I've been doing a little reading about this sort of stuff, I have understanding about it. And, you know, I'm being led to this information. So so it says here, but often those... um, responses happen so fast the manifesting gender is not consciously aware of them so you know they happen very quickly sometimes human design shows manifesting generators that they have amazing internal guidance system there's their sacral energy center it is a red square on the chart and only generators and manifesting generators have it so you know there's manifestors but they need other people to help them when you're a manifest generator you can do it all you know you have the whoop-de-doo to be able to do it, to create and to to get things done. It says, oh, other types have a white open sacral center. This guidance system helps them in all decisions, especially their relationships. So um, 
the person goes on to say about the series, human design gives us deeply insightful knowledge about the nature of who we are and how we behave as human beings. So, you know, if you were interested, you can, you know, find a little bit more about your uh, human design chart. You know, um, the reason why I'm mentioning it, when I was, um, you know, in the Caribbean, in the Bahamas, and I was... um, you know, doing that energy work. I was in a boat. And I want to talk about the manta ray because, you know, I saw one and it was huge. And I've seen them jump up into the air even on a couple occasions. So I have this as a powerful totem. But it was really amazing. A friend of mine that was there, that was, you know, doing the boat and that sort of thing, saw it too. So I wasn't the only one that saw it this time. So, But it looked like um, iridescent, beautiful. And I know there's different types of manta rays. Um, and some people call them angel fire. They're like angels, you know. And some people call them devil fish. So they're kind of, you know, kind of like both. Um, people say they're dangerous. Anyway, I'm going to read about the manta ray because I I saw one. It was huge. It was a good 20 feet, maybe even longer. And it had this beautiful iridescent color. So this is antiflow.com. So anti-a-u-n-t-y-f-l-o.com. Manta ray. Very magical being. Manta rays have a very unique body shape. They have wings that are shaped like a triangle and lobes that represent a paddle. Manta rays weigh in at approximately 1,350 kilograms, so they're pretty big. They're usually dark, and they have distinctive uh, pattern scars that they use for identification. The one I saw was an iridescent browny, bluey color. I know some of them have blue spots on them, but the one I saw, I've never seen a picture of, so it's it's amazing. It's not common to see a manta ray in captivity because of their size. And they talk about a manta ray named Nandi that was caught, I guess, in a net. And um just going to see if anybody wanted to call in. It's The number here is 646-200-4169 if you're interested. It looks like somebody has called in, so maybe I will. I'll talk a little bit about the manta ray after. Hopefully I can get this person in. For some reason, the the thing doesn't isn't letting me. Hmm. If this is Diana, do you want to pull a card for me? Because I can't get you on the phone line. I'm trying to, but for some reason it won't let me. This is really odd. Hopefully my system won't crash. Um, a lot of energy is flowing within me right now. Um, a friend of mine, Diana, on Facebook said that if she keyed into the show today, she'd draw a card for me. And, you know, if you're on the chat... Oh, I did get through. Hello, this is Diane, uh, Fifth Dimensional uh, Radio. Hello? Who, who am I talking to? Hello? Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can now. I, I had a hard time getting you in, but I kept trying. Yeah, here, um, yeah. my husband wants to talk to you here. Okay. What's your husband's name? 
Hello. 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 Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. And what's your name? My name is Raj. R A J. Raj. Yes. Yeah. So, what would you like to talk about? Um, you know, I have a actually one question, a couple questions actually. Okay. So the main thing, main thing is a, this question is regarding regarding the ascension and all that. So my question is mainly because we are mainly we are spiritual beings, right, and having uh-huh. human experience. So now my question is, am I going to witness ascension in, the, in this lifetime? You are you you're talking about ascension? Ascension, yeah. Um, I don't think people realize it, but we're already doing it. Okay. Because humanity chose to take kind of a gradual ascension. Yeah. Right. So probably what you're thinking is all of a sudden people will just change overnight. But basically yeah. we've been changing for the last 20 years or so. Okay. Especially since, really since 2005. Mm-hmm. And it has to do with the energy that came to the planet to kind mm-hmm. of be the template for, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, what humanity was at one time and is returning to. Um, so basically the golden age, we're, we're kind of bridging two realities. And I think I talked about it on May the 4th show, that mm-hmm. we're kind of in a transition time. They're overlapping. So a lot is going on right now. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, a lot of people might not Mm -hmm. realize because, Mm -hmm. and that's why I'm saying, you know, June the 6th, I was talking about that. You know, Mm -hmm. some people think that that's the time when, you know, all this yucky stuff is going to happen. But it really is a reflection of what is going on within us all these planetary alignments and really unusual things that have been going on and that I've been talking about for the last four years on, you know, there's archive shows you can go back and listen, Um, Mm -hmm. that, you know, right now, humanity's upper chakras are opening up. Not everybody, Mm -hmm. but many people have. Mm -hmm. And they're starting to notice things and Mm -hmm. they're speaking up. You know, and... The Aboriginal people are kind of a representative of this indigo energy, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's why they're speaking up and, and talking about different things that have gone on, and, and they're trying to make changes, and their energy is making changes right now. So you do know, you think, it, am it, I it doesn't, it's not happening overnight, but it is happening. Okay. So do you think so, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an indigo child? Yes. Huh? Yes, you are. Okay. I can see your energy. Yeah, but uh, but uh, I'm facing real problem right now. The real challenges. I don't well, have a job right now. I don't have a job right now. I'm a, I'm have facing health problems, financial How old problems. How I'm 52. I'm out of my work right now. Can you believe that? Yeah, that you know is. Um, it's a really intense time right now yeah. for a lot of people. 
Mm-hmm. And part of it is that because of the system, we're going through um, different timelines and different things. We're kind of moving back and forth. And right, right now, what I feel that your higher self has basically done this. I know it doesn't make any sense, but it's given you time to think about all these things because if you were at a job right now, I know it's not easy, but it's allowing you to be able to process all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I think very soon you have done a lot to process. You, you've, you're, you're coming close to having done it. And the health, the health issues... I think it are coming from a lot of karmic stuff that's that's coming through you. Uh-huh. And I was talking about Prince and how he had a lot of karmic stuff. Right. Um, he's representing humanity's karmic energy. Right. You just have to allow yourself to allow it to happen. Right. There, there's like a resistance. I can feel it. Uh-huh. Like there, you know, um, just to know that the higher part of yourself, the energetic eternal life being, you know, has created this for you to be able to do this. So you're going through ascension. Are you having a lot of stuff going on with your heart? A lot of stuff going on, all kinds of. I cannot sleep. I feel drained. Um, I feel in the night some somebody's pulling my energy, and I feel in, wake up exhausted, and a lot of stuff. And I'm because of that, he didn't have it. And I'm soon, pretty soon I'm having health issues also now. Yeah, okay, so what the indigos are doing too, they're grounding this energy to the earth, bringing in this energy. So you're Uh doing a lot. So I'm Mm going to put, um, you know, like positive protective energy around you. Uh Because, you know, there are beings that don't want beings of light to create this, even though... No matter what they do, they can't do anything. What, what do you? You're think stronger about than you think you are. Yeah, but what do you think about this pulling stuff? That really, I this it, it really happens. Literally, I feel that something is dragging energy from feet upwards, and the head, and then you feel I feel exhausted. Fatigued. Okay, you want to? You I know did. what it is? It's right. because you're putting, you're grounding the energy to the earth. Yeah. So in st- what you need to do is go on your bare feet and 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 walk on the grass. Uh-huh. Where where do you live right now? I live in Connecticut. Okay. What you need to do uh, I you, you've got a ways to go to get to the ocean. Right? Yeah, I do sometimes. Yeah, I go but I right now it's it's not that warm so we go we go I go in the woods sometime and in the go. Okay. Well, I suggest as soon as possible for you to go to the ocean and stick your feet in. Mm-hmm. It's very healing energy. But what you need to go is to get go onto the earth and ground your energy. Because mm-hmm. indigos, what they're doing now, they're like pin cushions. And I'm 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 the blue energy too. Mm-hmm. We need to really ground our energy because, you know, our Upper chakras are all open, right? Mm-hmm. But we're still beings in a physical world. Right. So 
part of it is that your energy is grounding to the earth. That's what you're feeling, the pulling. Yeah, but I'm feeling pulling upwards, not downwards. Okay. So what, you know, know, I put protective energy around you. I'm just going to feel. Do you think nothing paranormal is going on, some kind of psychic things is going on? Do you have like a twin flame energy that has come back into your life recently? Somebody Mm -hmm. used to know years ago? Mm Mm-hmm. You have? I don't know. Twin flame? I do not. I have no ideas. Because I feel that that's your twin flame doing that. So twin flame, when did it come? Uh, I get them two months ago. Two months ago? But this has been happening for quite a while, for uh, around two years. I know. But really, has it gotten worse over the last two months? Every day it is getting worse. Okay. So what you got to do mm-hmm. is um, ask the Supreme Being for um, to lessen your load because mm-hmm. you, you've got a lot going on right now, energy-wise. You're, you're an indigo, so you're grounding that energy. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in that kind of age group where, you know, you know, we're we're the ones that are holding this energy here. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. To, it's a lot to take. But how soon I will I will be able to complete this thing? Very soon. Mm-hmm. But okay. I would say to you, mm-hmm. go out, get mm-hmm. to the ocean. Okay. If you can, walk on the sand. Mm. And then go out in the grass in your bare feet. Okay. Do you ever go out at the crack of dawn and look at the sun going down? Um, I sometimes do, but from here we cannot really see sunset where the where the place I live. But I. But see how about sometimes. sunrise? Can you see the sunrise? No, not even. You cannot see from here the place I okay. live in sunrise and sun. Yeah, but I do definitely go in the woods sometime. I I go. I, we we are we I. Our, my family is, you know, nature-loving family. So they like to go in the park, in the woods, and see all the, you know, lakes and. So where, where, what part of the world are you from originally? I'm from India. That's what I thought. So mm-hmm. you need to really get in your bare feet and get on the ground, mm-hmm. even in your backyard or in the park or something. You need to have right. your your shoes off a lot. Okay. But I have put protective energy around you. I'm going to check your chakras. Uh-huh. Do you know what you're going through right now? Yeah. What is it? Well, you're, all your chakras are coming together. Okay. I can see you're, you're, you're like a big glowing ball. I, I haven't seen many people like that. You know, some of the ascended masters have come to the earth at this time, right? Right. Yeah, you're you're an ascended master. <laughs> I'm an ascended master. Yes. <coughs> but this ascended master is having a very tough time. I tell you that. I know. You know, it's so I, much. I've talked on so the show about tough. my life, and I, I lost everything. But yeah. in losing, I get. Hello. 
uh, somebody's trying to call on my other line. Okay. I always tell people not to call me at this time of the day, but they forget. Right, right. Yeah, anyway. So this is, yeah, so that's the reason because the, this is happening so much so, I, my, my my functioning, you know, the normal functioning is also hampering my nervous system. Everything is so fatigued. Yeah, because you're doing 20 jobs all at the same time. Uh-huh. <laughs> we do our job here, and, you know, like the reason why you don't have a job right now is because you've got so much going on. But I know it yeah. doesn't help. Yeah, because you know, yeah, because you, you know, we need to yeah. be able to function in a physical world too, right? Right, right. Do you, I yeah, think that you see, very soon things will really change uh, for you. Do you but think any job that, coming? Yes. Do you, Do you think any job coming for me for soon? Because we have to pay yeah. the bills, right? Yes, it's it's good to be ascended master in a, in a, in a, in an energetic realm, but in a physical realm, you are a you have a physical body. Are you physical are you body. willing to move? If you I'm have willing to. to move, yeah, we can move if it's better for for my, for me. Okay. I will move. Yeah. No, I I see you know things happening for you very soon. Uh huh. How soon? They happen for me. I I lost like I was saying. I lost, before the somebody tried to get through. Um. I lost, like, everything in my life, it seemed. But it was mm-hmm. for me to be able to do what I had to do. Uh-huh. And it doesn't seem fair, and it, you know, I understand now. But at mm-hmm. the time, it's like, what the heck's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. And You had so financial issues, all kinds of issues? I had everything happen. Uh-huh. I had, like, things happen at the last minute, like... um and almost lost my house and a whole bunch of different things. I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, reason why things happen or, or anything like that, but um, huh. it just turned on a dime. It can turn, like, just on a dime, and things can be completely different. Because uh-huh. indigo, indigos can manifest a lot faster because they're, they exist in a different um you know consciousness right but let let me to be to be honest with you i'm not able to manifest anything so yeah far, but you anything. you're telling you're giving yourself that's one of the things i wanted to talk about today was right. a lot of people don't give themselves credit they think they can't uh-huh. manifest okay okay i'm not so able to manifest a, a job for myself you know which, which i need yeah, you got to pay the bills think, right yeah but you're thinking you can't manifest that's why it's you're actually causing it to happen. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, but wherever you go, I mean, you apply, you go with me, that is everything from negative, turning down, turning down, maybe maybe they don't need me. Maybe they know they need young people. You know what I'm, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I so, know. It's, it's, it's yeah. a hard age. <laughs> yeah. So maybe they so, look at me or say everything was, a few years back, this is not, was not the case, but... Now you look at the me. I mean, I mean, I'm not that old. I mean, it's, they look at me and then see, and then things go, and you. So how how much rejection you can face? I know it. You have to face. You have to keep on trying. But eventually, at the end of the day, you need to pay your bills, right? You need yeah. to be able to function here. You have a and physical a body. Of, you have uh, a, yeah. 
very frustrating. Yeah. So how do you? you I even lost my job. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I I've been through all that. Yeah. But you can do you recreate. Think, do you think something is coming my way? Yes, I do. How soon? I get it, within a couple months. Couple months. Why, why don't you phone back to the show and let me know what's going on with you? Uh huh. I think that there's some energy. Mm-hmm. And what you need to do, like I said, get your shoes off, get that energy flowing. There's some blocked energy. I was I was trying to unblock it for you, mm-hmm. but you're re- you're you're releasing a lot of karmic stuff. Uh-huh. So, it's blocked from where? It's around the heart. Uh huh. So a lot of that energy. Just give yourself permission to let that energy go. Okay. You know, so many people don't allow themselves. You know, they think, "Oh, I, I'm too old, or I'm this, or I'm that." You know, sometimes things can happen that you could st- even start your own business. Mm-hmm. So don't, you know, give yourself, I think you should give yourself credit. Uh-huh. Anyway, I'm going to go back to the show. You you can continue to listen. Okay. Um, is there any other questions you have to ask or you'd like to ask? Yeah, but so much only this is that is the pretty much I was asking about the health issues and on the job the prospects. So as But you your said health that, issues have to do with your energy. Uh-huh. And you need to do you meditate at all? Or do you, you know like Yeah, I try to do meditation. Yeah, I try to do meditate. Yeah, I've got a had a feeling that you did. Mm-hmm. So you know, do it sitting on the earth even. Okay. But there's, you know, you're, you're not giving yourself enough credit, uh-huh. you know, that you can manifest those things. You know, I even manifested a stone for myself. I know this it sounds weird, but I, I said, I wish I could have a stone that had all these properties. And then I found out when I was in the Bahamas, there is one that has all those properties. Mm-hmm. So... Have faith in yourself. Okay. Yeah. That's what that's what you have to do. I know it's not easy. I had people calling to the show and people that I know and you know, they get they get frustrated. But I'll tell uh-huh. you something, once they talk to me or and, and my energy is with them. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Then things really start to, to change in their life. This one guy was having trouble with and it tried for seven years, and then when he was on the phone with me, the people that would never return his calls were calling him. And he said to me, all of a sudden, everything's changed since I've been on your show. Wow. So, like I was talking about being a manifest generator. Like my daughter, mm-hmm. there's times where she has to have a, she she's put things off, and she goes, oh, Mom, will you come with me? And mm-hmm. everything ha- starts to happen. And she knows mm-hmm. that if I go with her, everything will get, everything right. will ha- happen. That it, everything will get done and processed. Mm-hmm. 
This is going to organizations where things need to be processed and everything, like a whole bunch of things. She just doesn't go with one thing. Right. So... You should go to the, one of those sites and look up your human design chart and see what you are and, yeah, and learn a little bit more about that. Human design chart? Yeah. Okay. Just plug in human design and then free chart and then uh-huh. get, find out what you are. But what you, what one thing is very interesting, you said that, uh, that I am an ascendant master, right? <laughs> that kind of a, you know, I'm feeling a uh, a kind of a, a, you know, kind of a pride, you know, feeling of swelling up. Oh my God, I'm that. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but that. We, sometimes we come here and forget who we are. Right. Right. But what do you think? What do you what do you think? I, it makes you that uh, you can sense it that I'm an ascended master, or you just. Uh, well, like I said, I just, I, everything comes into the throat. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I see, and but it comes through my voice. Mm-hmm. That's why when people listen to my show, mm-hmm. you know, my, the sound of my voice activates things within people. Uh-huh. It's, it's a gift from, from God. Uh-huh. But, you know, like, like I said earlier in the show, if you were listening or if you, yes, if you were was, at that yeah, point, I, yeah. I said some of the things weren't so good that I came out and said, you know, like, mm-hmm. like p- people dying and different things happening and stuff right. like that. And it used to mm-hmm. really disturb me, right? But I learned right. that it's just part of this gift. Mm-hmm. I could look at it as a curse or I could look at it as a gift, right? Just mm-hmm. like you yes. could look at yourself in a certain way and say, oh, I'm 52, I'm old. Yes. Well, I, I'm 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 almost sixty, and yeah. I I don't think of myself that way. Yeah. And no, people don't I, believe. I, how, how, yes. Yeah. Don't think yes. fifty-two is young. Yes. Yes. No, I don't. So think if that you're holding all that energy, negative stuff in you, I'm too old. I can't do this. Da da da. I can't manifest that. And right. It's a lot of negativity. Right. Anyway, so you, you've got a kind of look at yourself in a different way. Right. Do you think I'm going to survive? I'm going to live longer? Yes. I'm just looking at your energy. You've got a lot of gold energy in that aura. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you've got a lot of Do you feel any kind of uh, pulsating energy on you right now? Pulsating energy? Um, Anywhere on your body? Um, yeah, my heart is pulsating. Yeah, because I'm clearing that energy. So you're like a, a giant egg and you're going to crack soon and come mm-hmm. out and be di- a totally different person. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have so much confidence you won't know what hit you. Uh-huh. Anyway, so I'm going to get good. back and talk about okay. um, the manta ray. I, I, I was okay. I was talking about that a little bit. I just right. got to go back and go to the. I hope I I helped you. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. You did. Okay. Yes. You know that you know we can be our own worst enemies. So, 
Anyway, that was nice that Heat Raj called in. And, um, yeah, we, we're too hard on ourselves sometimes. It's important that we have faith. You know, we have a lot more going for us than we even know. Um, so, you know, I was talking earlier about the manta ray and, you know, the animal that I, I just had a feeling that somebody was was needing me, okay? So that's why I interrupted this thing because, you know, people are more important. Anyway, these um, manta rays are very significant. And um, I guess they have been in captivity, some smaller ones, but, you know, they're mostly wild animals. But I know when I was near the boat, a lot of fish were coming. You know, they they go after the fish because, you know, they, the Moki people show their devotion to the sea and its animals. Artifacts find on their site often include a manta ray. And manta rays are known to be gentle creatures. You know, some people call them devils, but... You know, I guess in in 3D, you know, there's a balance of dark and light energy. Um, People, you know, people have made movies about um, manta rays being, you know, not like that. Anyway, the energy gives you a sense of direction, okay? If a time comes when you feel trapped and you don't know where to go, okay? Like the Raj you called in, you know, think of the manta ray. It's a symbol of what we need to look at, characteristics within animals and fifth-dimensional consciousness. Animals have specific you know, meaning to us, okay? So if you feel trapped and you don't know where to go, summon the healing energy of the manta, and it will grant you the right path. So if you feel like you don't know where you're going or where you're headed, and, you know, Raj maybe feels that way, you know, follow that being, and um, towards what you're seeking, it can be peace, happiness, or success in life. What you've been that you've been waiting for. It can also grant you the confidence to adapt and excel in any type of environment. So there you go. This is why maybe I was talking about the manta ray, and then um, Raj showed up. Manta ray people often feel welcome to a new environment. They have the ability to attract people and love them. You know, it's not easy when we go through these transitions, and especially indigos, especially indigo men. They're, they're, they have the roughest time right now. Um, anyway, it says they have the ability to attract people and love them, but not in a romantic way, but in a more friendly gesture. You know, they have the extra light in them that just affects everyone. That's why people want to be in their company, okay? So people want to be around you. But, yeah, sometimes you feel like you're drained by people. So, you know, just put up, do a lot of cutting, psychic cutting of that. If you feel like somebody's energy is pulling at you, do that. But manta ray stands for trust and guidance. Trust what you believe is right, and it will guide you to the right path. So do what you think is right, and it will make you happy. Trust on yourself and yourself alone. If you're on your way, you you saw your most respected teacher and advised you to stop. Do not listen to him. So... If you're on a certain path, so basically what they're saying, and you have somebody who's a teacher, and they tell you to stop, don't listen to them. You listen to what your heart says to you. If you're blocking your heart and not listening to your heart, it's going to affect your heart. So you've got to listen to your heart. There's a song that goes, listen to your heart. It's calling to you. Listen to your heart. 
you know, when you think about it, you know, like angels, they've got wings, right? And that comes in in the middle. It's almost like a heart. And manta rays are interesting animals. So people who have manta rays as their totem often have a different sensation when something is not doing so well. So they don't feel good, okay? They can feel there is a threat around them. So maybe this is why Raj was feeling that. You know, it's okay. You're doing the intuitive thing. So it gives them the ability to evade unfortunate events before it happens. So that's a good thing. Manta rays are a reminder for us not to be afraid. There are lots of things to be afraid of. I am well aware of this, but the feeling limiting us is growing and improving us. So you have to be aware that you don't live in fear. Focus on love and the connection to source. You know, because source is love. So if you're feeling fear all the time, it's going to limit you. And, you know, indigos need to ground themselves. There are unnecessary feelings that are just reserved as a hindrance to our path. There is no way we can get rid of that feeling. The closest thing we can do is to assure ourselves that everything will be fine. So a manta ray is you are lost and you don't know where to go. When you're seeking grace, one needs the confidence to fit into the environment. So it's, you know, and when you're simply scared, when there's danger nearby. So manta ray is a good one for Raj. So I hope you're listening there, Raj. You try to, um, you know, and there's another thing I wanted to talk about for for topaz. Because, you know, that was a very strong stone for me when I was, you know, in the Bahamas. And it's the birthstone for December. And I guess it's also the fourth and 19th anniversaries. And topaz is... uh, a symbol of love and affection, so it's very strong. It'll bring the love, you know, um, energy to your heart. I guess this word, it's named from the Greek word topazon, which may originate from the Sanskrit tapas, meaning fire. So, you know, the light within us, that solar plexus energy is really important. You know, when I was seeing that manta ray, I was seeing, you know, like iridescent colors. Somebody thought it was an oil stick, and I said, no, that's a manta ray. And the name also comes from the name of the Egyptian island of Tepazos, now St. John's Island in the Red Sea. The Latin writer, Pini the Elder, used the island's name for a yellowish-green stone found there, and it soon became the name for the yellow stones. Topaz was also once predominantly found there, but is now found in Brazil. Nigeria, Australia, Burma, and Mexico. So that's where it came from originally, right? The Greeks and the Romans uh, greatly valued topaz as a gemstone. In middle, medieval times, small wine yellow Saxonian topaz was mined at Sackenstein in the Aldernberg Mountains in Saxony, Germany, and several rulers wore these specimens in jewelry. Deep mining was later used at the site from 1737 to 1800. Topaz was always the prize and rare stone from the time of the Middle Ages until the discovery of large deposits in Brazil in the 19th century. Nowadays, it's much more affordable. And it comes in different colors, right? In blue. Anyway, in 1740, the Brazada diamond was found in Euro Petro Brazil. It was set in a Portuguese crown. It was thought to be the largest diamond ever found. The fact was, it was a diamond that was never confirmed. Now it had been a colorless topaz. So I have a topaz. It's called the Lucky Stone, and it has all the different um, 
topaz colors fused together with white topaz on the side. Supposed to be very lucky for love and relationships and stuff. And topaz, you know, I've talked about these magical stones on the breastplate, and they talk about it in the Bible. For Aaron, for his priestly breastplate, he placed it up there as a second stone in the first row of stones. So it's very magical. It's a good manifesting stone, too. Topaz is also found as one of the stones in Revelation and one of the stones of the Apocalypse, so big changes. It helps you adapt to change, okay? Just like the manta ray helps you adapt to change. So, in Egyptian practices, it's a symbol of Ra, the sun god, who was also the giver of life. So energy-wise, you know, if you want to feel invigorated and that sort of thing, get... You don't have to have it cut, but get the gold topaz, or you know, that color. And topaz was strongly linked with Apollo, who was also a solar being. The majority of topaz is colorless and called topaz. The next abundant color is blue and green. The most frequently seen stones in jewelry are the shades yellow or sherry brown and pink. Clear, pink, blue, and yellow, and honey yellow varieties of topaz are especially valued. And... Um, the most sought-after and expensive colors are imperial topaz. In the past, we thought all yellow gems were topaz, and that all topaz was yellow, which you know is now known. We all know that topaz varies in color from pale blue and colorless to yellow, orange, pink, and brown. And I have all those colors in this stone. The pink stone, so popular in Victoria jewelry, produced by heat-treating golden brown topaz from Brazil. So topaz has become very popular. Most of the topaz in the market is treated. Unfortunately, there's no way to determine which stones have been treated and which are natural. Though topaz has not been manufactured synthetically on a commercial scale, a complete natural-looking blue coloration is produced in colors, topaz means of radiation. So you've got to be careful. You don't get the irradiated ones. Um, it resembles the finest aquamarine and offers a very attractive and affordable alternative to aquamarine and you know they just go on to say in hindu mythology the word for topaz meant heat topaz is one of the sacred stones of the hindus kalpa tree is very well known and sacred to the hindus as one of the nine sacred stones upon a talisman of nine gems the hindus believe that worn as a pendant this gemstone will relieve thirst sharpen intelligence and lengthens one's life and act Africa, healing rituals with topaz are practiced to establish communion with the realm of the spirit. I just want to let people know, you know, if you go back and listen to the show after the show, you may get more information than what you're feeling now or even a healing. People have called me and told me that they've, they're completely healed after they've listened to the show. I just wanted to tell people that who may be listening. I don't mention that very often, but there's some reason why I'm mentioning it. Um, anyway, the Bushmen bring it to the shamanic work for both journey work and ancestors and for healing and treat the stone as a highly sacred one. Topaz was once considered one of the five elemental substances that could bring protection to the deities. The, the figure of falcon engraved upon a topaz would bring the wear of goodwill and kindness of the powers that be. It was also thought that would help one attract wealthy patrons who would support artistic endeavors. So if you're very artistic, it might be a stone to wear and to get involved. If you haven't done artistic work and you're very artistic, maybe this is the time to pursue that 
you know, especially if you're not working. Topaz, in particular, has been said to work with one's creative energies. Topaz is also excellent for promoting concentration. So if you need to really concentrate, it's a good stone. Many believe wearing a topaz ring would keep death from becoming prematurely and would control insomnia. So if you have trouble sleeping, try wearing, um, you know, the topaz. I wore my topaz last night, and I sure conked out pretty fast. It's been also believed to be used for those unable to control lust, a good stone for people with sex addiction. So people that have any problems in that area, that could help you too. A variety of problems, it says. Emotional difficulties difficulties to fires and accidents. In 1255, St. Hildegard of Bingen, the famous mystic, and this is uh, com topaz meaning. The famous mystic offered a simple remedy for failing eyesight. Steep a topaz in wine for three days, then lightly rub it over the eyes. Worn around the neck, topaz is thought to cure madness. So it it helps with your balance of your emotions. And I've got all the different colors together in mine. Um, It's to promote good fortune, you know, even job hunting. So... You know, that is a good stone for people that, you know, want to balance their emotions, want to help, even with karmic energy. It bestows uh, many benefits on its wearer. It could dispel cowardice and fear and calm the temper, cure madness and plague, and sharpen the wit. It was also thought to aid in sleep and eliminate nightmares. So I got all this before the show, so I knew there was a reason to give this, and it sounds like it was for Raj, okay? As well as cure rheumatism and soreness in the joints. The stone has also been credited with being effective against bleeding and heart disease. It's also said to instant lose its color to indicate the poison is present and thus protecting its owner. The stone has also been sought to bring fidelity and friendship, so true love. If constantly worn without being aside, it's also believed to effective talisman against accident, fire, and being intuition and long life. To Christians, it is known as symbol of uprightness and virtue. Topaz has been said to be the ideal stone for travelers, protecting them from sickness and danger. Ancient Romans accredited topaz for preventing sickness of the chest and abdominal pain. Set in gold and worn around the neck, topaz is reputed to dispel bad omens, heal poor vision, and calm anger. Another thing I should mention, smoky quartz is really good uh, to ward off any dark energy that's coming around you, too, okay? Probably, you know, the mystic or the dark topaz would have that capability, too, the darker the topaz. So it it, it comes to aiding one's physical health, too. It's said to work with spinal column and help steady and regulate the action of the heart. It's also been used to treat bleeding and work to promote health in the glandular systems of the body, it is highly recommended for those who wish to improve their eyesight. In earlier times, topaz was believed to actually absorb the heat of the fever. Topaz belonged believed to ease inflammations, uh, discomfort, and pain. And I get, you know, green vegetables are really important to eat right now. Okay. It's used in India to treat tonsillitis, whooping cough, and mumps. Topaz is also used for treating infections, deafness, goiter, hemorrhage, gout, circulatory problems, and nightmares. So it aids in achieving good digestion, 
So people, if you're having a lot of dreams and you're not able to sleep, I think uh, also you could put morning glory flower under your pillow too. It helps you not have as many dreams. You know, a lot of indigos have a lot of symbolic dreams because their feminine energy is more open. And that's where our energy comes from. You know, these manta rays, um, they're water beings, right? And they, they have to do with the feminine energy too, I should add. So topaz is particularly good for artists. It gives one their artistic creativity. I, I got a feeling that Raj has a lot of creativity. This would really help with him with that too. Emotionally, topaz is very helpful for treating depression. So if you're getting frustrated and things aren't going the way you want to in life or you've been living in fear, it would help with that. It helps a, a person alleviate their fears and treat psychosomatic illness that has to do with holding in you know, karmic energy. It balances emotions, helping those go from one extreme to the other. So if your emotions are up and down and all around, it's a good balancing stone. And I think the taupe, the, the manta ray is good with that energy too. So if you're meditating, visualize the manta ray, okay? Uh, topaz is recommended for healing a person who's suffering from shock or trauma. It's also an excellent stone. So if you had a traumatic experience and you can't function, it helps with that too. For those who contain abnormal amounts of stress or tension because it can maintain a brighter look on life. And Topaz been praised for its ability to tune to its higher self. So if you haven't been able to connect to your higher self, it'll help you do that. Wow, this is an amazing song. I haven't read this before, and I'm thinking, wow, I'm glad I got it. It facilitates living according to your own aspiration and views rather than living to please others. So, you know, this may give an opportunity when there's big changes in your life to do the type of work that you really want to do instead of trying to please others. In paying attention to your own needs and finding your inner sources of emotional nourishment rather than feeding off a partner, you nourish yourself. There's a solar plexus energy. Visualize that growing within you, you know. And that's the golden energy. We don't get our energy from other people. We get it from within ourselves. And, you know, people can't suck our energy if we're producing more of our own solar plexus energy within ourselves and grounding our energy to the ground. You know, really, um, when we open ourselves up to source, you know, the energy comes from downwards into us and then goes to the ground and comes back and we get energy from source and we get energy from the solar plexus. In all, Topaz has been said to... So it, it just helps recalibrate the energy within you, okay? It relieves greed, frenzies, insanity, hypocrisy, envy, uh, disease, sudden death, Sorcery, negative magic, lunacy, and all disturbing emotions. It says to soothe, heal, remotivate, and bring the wearer strength, loyalty, beauty, protection, healing, weight loss, joy, generosity, abundance, wisdom, enlightenment, knowledge, good health. Boy, it does everything. And Topaz is known as the lover of gold. It's used to bring uh, wealth and money. So, it, you know... It goes on and on and on. You know, if you want to read a little bit more about it, you know, I could read on all day. So just go to that site, www.jewelsform.com, and then Meaning of Topaz, okay? So I also wanted to talk about that uh, full moon in Scorpio. Um, and, you know, I was in the Bahamas when I was 
uh, all this was going on. But um, I also wanted to talk about, um, you know, the April 22nd, 2016, the full moon in Scorpio. Um, between Mars retrograde and the full moon, it may feel like you're being pulled in different directions. So especially the indigo energy people probably been feeling that, and it's been affecting them and weighing heavily on their shoulders. So, you know, just the reason why I'm mentioning this is, I guess, because of how it has affected the indigo people. So unresolved issues in the past are becoming ever-present in the present, and the worries of the future may cause you to feel like you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. So while it may seem like everything is falling apart, in reality things are falling together. So you may feel that all this weird stuff is happening and you may not have a job and all these different things, but it's because a whole new reality, you're recreating a whole new reality for yourself. So it's creating new room for more expansive experience, you know, becoming the true being and um, connectiveness to, to source, okay? So this wasn't in May. This is in, in April when this happened. So the full moon creates a standoff between Taurus and Scorpio, which calls for us to find balance. So you may have found that, you know, wow, I don't know what's going on within me. And it's about losing the ego and doing some deep work on a soul level. So, you know, the Scorpio energy causes us to go deep within ourselves. And it's not an easy time, especially for indigo, you know, people, because they have to do more of it. So don't forget to stay grounded, like I was talking to Raj. Get your shoes off and stand on the grass or sand or whatever. Sand is really good because it's quartz, and it gets rid of that energy, and it goes into the quartz, right? So even if you go buy some sand and stand it, put it in a pot and stand in the sand, try not to allow the energy to to thwart your equilibrium. If you keep your balance, you may find a pleasant surprise over the weekend. So... You know, this this was a while back. It's called the uh, the full pink moon, which has a very powerful energy. This this particular one, I think they called it that because the pink or wild ground phlox is one of the earliest widespread flowers of spring. You know, they're pinky purple, right? So they they call it the sprouting grass moon, the egg moon along coastal tribes, the full fish moon when the, the you know when they come upstream to spawn. So April's full moon will also coincide with the peak of the annual, this meteor shower, Lyrid. And um, they go on to say that some people said there's going to be a green moon this year. Well, the moon that we just had was a blue moon. That's why I'm talking about the pink moon. It prepared us for the blue moon, which is very powerful energy. So in using the nature energies that surround this full moon as a guide to deepen appreciate the shape of things to come. I was seeing Raj's egg farming. So he, he's taking time right now, his higher self, to allow that to happen. We just have to be patient with ourselves. So it's, it's time to sow seed, grass, and care for and tend to ourselves. Take time to light and care. Eventually the grass breaks through the darkness and, you know, the egg comes out of the shell. If an egg is broken by the outside force, life ends. So, you know, we don't want the egg to break open from the outside. We want the egg to be broken from the force within ourselves, from the inside. You know, when the egg cracks, the chicken comes out, okay? It says that the same process applied to the egg as a teacher. You know, the teacher is coming from the outside, 
maybe the teacher that we really have to rely on is ourselves. You know, I was kind of helping Raj understand that, that it's really we have to rely on our, our true selves and really look within and um, give ourselves permission to manifest. And remember to stay balanced and calm and allow the ego trick not to, to fall you to fall for it. Look deep into your soul and enjoy the ch- changes of the season and fall into what's meant to be. So, you know, I'm seeing um, this April full moon that happened on the 22nd of 2016 was kind of that energy that happened, you know, right after, um, you know, Prince actually passed away the day before that. So I, I don't know. There's very big significance, in, I think, in uh, Prince's death. So a lot of people think that they're, you know, it, it was done on purpose. And um, we just need to know that it was something that was really is going on within us. So this this past full moon, and I got to experience in the... Um, the Bahamas, it was really beautiful, and I could see Mars right beside it. It was really kind of cool, you know, right underneath. So the full moon on May 21st, 2016, a time for rekindling love and spirit. And, you know, that topaz I got when I was there, and that is to rekindling love. So it's a full blue moon, which is a semi-rare event that happens when two moons take place in a single month. So there was two, you know, full moons in a month there. And it happens roughly twice in one year, twice, once every three years. This, of course, where the expression once in a blue moon comes from. It just so happens that it's even less common variety called the seasonal blue moon, which would take place on on May the 21st. So it's the season, you know. During full moons, some people experience an optical phenomenon where light appears around the moon, appears blue. And I've seen that happen too. This is called a lunar halo and should not be confused with the astrometric expression blue moon, which is specifically to do with the number of full moons during a year. Okay? And that this particular moon, also known as a flower moon, because according to tradition, May is the time when flowers begin to bloom. It's really pretty, this ring that I have, because it has all those different, you know, colors of the flowers and the greens and, you know. So we had... Mars, the red planet, and the blue moon, which is kind of like blue is the water energy, and um, Mars is the fire energy, right? So it's a balancing of the masculine and feminine energies, too. It doesn't say it here, but I'm saying it. So spiritually speaking, if looking to the moon as a guide for energies on Earth, this moon brings about a time of rekindling the fires of, of love and spirit. So you know, you may be feeling like, wow, something's, you know, going on within me. Well, yeah, there's churning going on. It may take a lot of your energy. So it's a good time to focus on what you're committed to and what is in the highest alignment with your heart's desire. So I would say to Raj, go within yourself. Reach that part of yourself that speaks to you from your higher self or from source. And what do you really want to do? What is your heart's desire? You know, this may be the time to do it. So with the Mercury retrograding, you know, I talked about that on the May 4th show, being more Helonious, 
than usual. Many of us are feeling out of sorts and spiritually drained, okay? So it's happening, and we're bringing a lot of that crap, that karmic, to the surface. That takes a lot of energy, okay? Unresolved issues in the past are rearing their ugly head, and childhood traumas may be manifesting through bad dreams. You know, you may not be able to sleep, but you may not know why you can't sleep because some people don't remember their dreams, right? It might be nightmares. As the saying goes, this too shall pass, and we're riding out the final waves of the cosmic storm. So wear that topaz. Put the morning glory under your pillow. Um, don't live in fear. Meditate. Connect to the earth. You know, rejoice in your connection to source. Don't focus on the negative stuff. Focus on moving forward. I, I've been there. I've done that. You know, and it's it's not fun. But you come out of it, you know, metamorphosis. The transmuting, that's 5858 energy where you're changing. You know, the matter race symbolizes that too. There's two sides to it. You know, I was talking about the eyeball. You know, the that we're, we're stripping things down. We're going to the bare minimum, looking at ourselves, looking what is within. We're opening up the egg from the inside. You know, it's not about what's going on on the outside. It's about what's going on within us. As the saying goes, this too shall pass, and we're riding out the final waves of the cosmic storm. This coming moon is to be a reminder of what is true and allow us to go out of the falsities that have been dragging us down, okay? You know, the the ego and the things that are expected in the physical realm, you know, these are the things that drag us down, the expectations of other people. We have to look within ourselves and see what is important to us, Okay? Because if we were dragged out on the outside, people are trying to break our eggshell open. Don't let that happen. You be the one that breaks it open from the inside and bursts forward. Have all that energy. And, you know, when you're going through, when you're, all your chakras are going together, it takes a lot of energy. So you're going to feel drained. And, you know, when people say, hey, I'm going to try to take advantage of this because I want to read an ascended master. I'm going to keep talking. The time will be up in a few minutes, but I will continue to talk to to finish this up. So we have a few weeks left to go. So this energy carries over for a few weeks. But the worst is over, and June 29th will be here before we know it. So when the 21st of May approaches, we've already been through that. Surround yourself with items that bring you joy. So if you're going through a rough time, you don't want to be around people and and put yourself around things that don't make you happy. So you need a higher vibration. Meditate. Be out in nature. Try to think happy thoughts. Watch your favorite childhood movies. I have a friend of mine that just got diagnosed with, uh, you know, prostate cancer. I, I told him to watch all the funny things that make him laugh. Listen to some ABBA if it makes you laugh. You know, it makes you happy. Remember that your heart beats. If you're in love, take a day and make a special date with a loved one. Surprise them with something unexpected and expect nothing in return. If you're single, treat yourself to some pampering and self-care. You know, I splurged on this ring, even though it wasn't very expensive. And splurge on a massage and indulge a bit. Do whatever you need to do to feel at your very best. And always, full moon energies are intensified for your intention. So with this lunar cycle carrying an air of love, and commitment and focus on what you want most in life and what you need to make it happen. So the manta ray, the topaz, and this full moon that we just went through, this is all things that make things happen. This is manifesting energy. You know, and it's all about giving ourselves a pat on the back and being nice. 
and focusing on what you want in life and what you need to make it happen, you need to do to make it happen. And most important, the big word, and I woke up with this word in my head, so I must have been already thinking of Raj, allow. Allow yourself to manifest. Allow yourself to feel happy. Allow yourself to get that job. You know, allow yourself to feel your youth within yourself. Because, you know, being in your 50s, I, I feel like I'm 20 years old, you know. It's what we project out there. You know, I'm starting a whole new career. I'm going back to school, <laughs> doing a bunch of things. So and it, it's not going to be easy, but it's where I'm being led to be, okay? And I believe that um, this full moon, flower moon, uh, I'm just trying, it's very rare. You know, and, and then in, I think in um, the next full moon in June is also in, um, let me see, Sagittarius too. Let me see. I'm being led to look at this article. I have no idea what it's about, but if I'm feeling. Okay. It's www.magicrecipesonline.com. Full flower moon, May 21st, 2016. The stars speak of growth and change. A full moon in Sagittarius. And I am going through my um, Saturn return in Sagittarius. This Sagittarius energy is really strong right now. And I went to do and did energy in that full moon energy, very strong manifesting energy, shifting the energy of the, you know, Bermuda Triangle. That's the, t- that's the type of uh, earth work that I do. And then, like I said, I went back to get something because I kind of went over a step and left something there that I went back to get, okay? And I feel pretty damn good. I shouldn't use the word, but I want to accentuate it. So, you know, that energy of the new moon in Taurus went into the full moon in Sagittarius. And, you know, the Mercury at retrograde ended also. that That's a really, it was a really rough one. You know, it means that everything was blocked for the last week. So a lot of energy was blocked. So a lot of energy has been opening up now it's like you know fast tracking like a manifest generator we're fast tracking energy right now so they go on to say um different um signs and how this full moon and things you know i'm i'm a a capricorn a full moon on your back light sheds light in your emotional psychological state with scenes at stake right now you need to dig a little deeper than usual and try to find what's causing all this discomfort maybe you need to come clean at some point and maybe you need to forgive yourself and a lot of this allowing it has to do with forgiveness with oneself okay i think it's in one degree um this uh full moon in sagittarius on the 21st and then there's going to be another one in june which is a sagittarius but it's going to be you know, my Saturn return in Sagittarius is um, in the higher end, you know, like, um, and, and mine is in the higher end, too. So um, I'll talk a little bit more about that later on. So it, it's really important right now to not be hard on ourselves, okay? And I had another one I wanted to read, but I'll, I'll go back and, and look at that. 
I wanted to talk about, um, maybe I better do that now too, um, the turtle, because turtle, I saw a sea turtle out at the, in the ocean too. It came right up to the boat when I was doing the energy work. So these are very ancient animals, and there's about 250 kinds, 48 are found in the United States. And turtles are usually distinguished from tortoises. You know, the last time I was in Florida, I saw a tortoise. But they live around water, turtles, okay? It's a symbol of heaven, so um, the tortoise shell. And the underside was a symbol of earth, so they have the top and the bottom. You know, both things. A turtle is an animal whose magic would help you reunite heaven and earth within your own life. So it's uniting, you know, those two, the higher self and the earth self. So this is a time humanity is going to be doing that. And I can see Raj doing that, too. So it's the, both the blessings of heaven and earth. In Japan, a story, the tale of Yushashima. And this is from um, Animal Speak by Ted Andrews. Um, so it's a book about animal totems, okay? And it's on uh, 363. So Japan, you know, I was telling the story of a man who stops some boys from picking on a turtle. He chases the boys away and helps the turtle get to the water. Instead of swimming away, the turtle remains close and thanks the man. And the reward for his health, the turtle takes the man on his deep beneath the ocean to the land of the king of the ocean. He's honored and rewarded by the king. But the turtle was one of his favorite animals. He gives his daughter beautiful water, sprite to help him in marriage. He finds true love for the first time. So the turtle is a shore creature using the land and the water. So all shore areas are associated with doorways to the fairy realms. So that has to do with that magic, you know. The turtle is sometimes known as the keeper to the doors. Turtles thus were often seen as signs of fairy contact and the promise of fairy rewards from the magic of that. In Nigeria, the turtle was a symbol of female sex organs and sexuality. To American Indians, it was associated with the lunar cycle administration and the power of the feminine energy. So, you know, the moon energy, the uh, markings and sections on some turtles total 13. In the lunar calendar, there are either 13 full moons or 13 new moons alternating each year, and many believe this is where the association with the feminine energies associate originated. So the turtle is a symbol of the primal mother, you know, the source energy. Because of its great age and its slow metabolism, the turtle is also associated with longevity, long life and groundedness. So grounding yourself to the earth. The turtle lives in the water, but it comes to the uh, land to lay its eggs and to do different things, right? It does not move fast on the land. In some level, turtles know it has all the time in the world. Turtle medicine can teach new perceptions in time and relationships. So when you have the turtle as a totem, it allows you to not push things. You know, sometimes we want to change what's going on in our lives, but we can't force it. We have to just allow it to happen. You know, when you meditate, and I know indigos try to med- to manifest in 3D reality, but you should manifest in now time when you're meditating or you're doing things to send out energy to what you would like in your life and do it with lots of love. Turtles are a good animal to do this with. Um, they sense vibrations in the water, skin and shell, and they're able to distinguish colors and have a sense of smell. And uh, the turtle holds the mystery of waking the senses, you know, opening the eyes, becoming more connected to one's spiritual level. And it, but it, it does it on physical and spiritual levels. 
you know, I was talking to Raj about, you know, we live in a physical realm, but we still, you know, living this experience as spiritual beings of light. Turtle stimulates the hearing in the clear audience, you know. So I have that clear audience. It helped deal with vision and clairvoyance. And it heightens the sense of smell and, you know, deeper discrimination. So it helps with the extrasensory stuff, okay? So this is what this totem does. And it's very ancient. It's the ancient part of humanity. So every turtle has one um, characteristic that makes it stand out. It usually has great symbolic significance. You know, the snapping turtle may indicate the ability to grab and use the mouth. A box turtle has a hinge, like opening in the front and the back that can retreat to, and it can teach you to protect yourself. A painted turtle may teach you to use the power of color. A sea turtle is fully aquatic, and the symbolism of water should be studied and reflected upon. You know, that's what I was looking at, because I saw the sea turtle. It was huge, too. It must have been a really old one. And it kept looking at me, kept coming to me, and they, they said, hey, you know, it's coming to you. And then the manta ray came to me. So turtles carry their home on their back, you know, and it's like, anyway, they cannot leave the shells. It's actually the backbone and the ribs. Uh, the turtle serves as a home and shelter. You know, some believe it impossible if a turtle flipped onto its back and right itself. It uses its strong neck and head to flip itself over. For those with this totem, it reminds us to use your own head and knowledge to right yourself. And when your world gets topsy-turvy, sometimes turtles show up as a totem to help us during such times. So the turtle, you know, was showing up. And they're omnivorous. They eat insects, plants, fish, amphibians, and even small mammals. And they are opportunistic. When a turtle shows up in your life, it's usually a reminder to pay attention. They will miss opportunities. To the Native Americans, the turtle was a symbol of Mother Earth, a reminder. They call uh, North America Turtle Island, you know. So sometimes we don't see the forest or the trees, and the turtle can slow us down to help us see our opportunities. So it's not about running out and trying to do things right fast. It's about looking around us and, you know, smelling the roses, living in the moment. We can manifest things in fifth dimension in a lot different way than in 3D. It can happen instantly, like I talked about. And, you know, we manifest generators, are grounding that energy to the earth to help humanity be able to do that too. Big change is coming. You know, humanity is going into the cocoon, and coming out a totally different being. So we're so busy we can't see what is going on. Are we getting too slow and need to pick up a little pace? Turtle can help you decide. So it's one of the oldest reptiles and one of the most ancient mythologies. It's been used for the symbol of Mother Earth, for longevity, and for awakening, you know, the sensibilities. So it's about wakening time, you know, opening those eyeballs, the A-bell, you know, the 58, the 58. Those with the turtle should also study the significance of the raccoon, help you understand the interplay of energies manifesting in your life. It is believed the turtles use the sun to make vitamin D. Those with the turtle totem can may check their own vitamin intake. So maybe look at your vitamin D. It might be low. You're not getting out in the sun enough. People with darker skin need to be out in the sun longer, okay? So when the eggs hatch, the turtle are on their own. They, in turn must make their way to the waters, the link between the water and land, especially the purpose. So, you know, it's like um, heaven and earth. And we, ha- you know, we're opening ourselves up to that feminine energy within us. You know, I didn't read this for a while, but um, 
you know, I also got the fox, so let me see if I can find that in here somewhere. Uh, you can read on the raccoon if you want to, the raccoon totem if you have. Um, you know, that is a totem too. Uh, I thought I had the fox one. Anyway, I wanted to talk about the oceans, rivers, and sea. It's a primal life source, many myths, and, you know, where all life springs from. So the ocean is a symbol of the womb, mother and um, woman, you know, because I went to the ocean. That's why I was saying we get strength from the ocean because it's got this vital force and the sand holds all the resonance of that life force. It's a dynamic force. It's constantly in transition. It can reflect the same within your life. You know, I saw fish too, a lot of fish, and the fish kept coming up to me and everybody said, well, how come... You're in the water, all those big fish are coming up to you. And I said, well, I just have to be careful because with big fish come even bigger fish. So um, the symbol of subconscious mind and even the subconscious, you know, um, totems that have to do with that. Water reflects our spiritual life and our emotions. And the activity of the sea, in you know, the oceans and rivers. This is on page 63 of Animal Speak, by the way. So rivers have an ancient symbolic connection to animal life creation and the flow of of time. There was a river right nearby that flowed into the ocean. That's why I'm talking about it. It's like a canal. And rivers are are flow. They reflect a continual evolution. The quantity of the river, water, the speed of the movement undergo evolution. So it has to do with evolution and that sort of thing. I wanted to read the fox because I saw a fox. Canary, I think I read about it last time I did the show but it has to do with um, you know speaking and speaking your truth and that sort of thing Uh, it's funny I can't find it now Uh, I'll just keep looking Uh, I'll just look it up I must have taken the page out or something Um, doopadoopadoop Two seventy one, two seventy one of animals speak. Oh, I did have it on. I was just looking at the elk. Okay, um, it has to do with feminine magic of camouflage, shape shifting, and invi- in invisibility. You know, changing, nocturnal dawn and dusk. That's a magic time, and it's touched almost every society. It needs to develop an awakening or camouflage. It has to do with awakening. I'm just going to get a drink of water because I'm trying to finish this off. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, You know, the fox is very powerful energy, too. They're 21 species, and they really adapt, and it's found along shorelines and in the mountains and deserts, and the Arctic lives in the north and south, Europe, Asia, and even Australia. And it said great metaphysical significance. Card 21, the tarotic in the world, it is a card reflects new world opening up. So they compare it to new world opening up. The process of creation is beginning. You know, we're talking about primordial waters, all the water animals and the tortoise and the manta ray and the fish. It reflects the world is growing and shape-shifting into new patterns that will be beneficial so that's what's happening with humanity right now i saw a different kind of fox too it wasn't red it was kind of like a 
taupey color, and it had really short fur. So meditating upon this card, like 21, to benefit, understanding how the fox energy will be helping with creation. So it has to do, um, card 21 in the tarot deck is the world. It is a card that reflects a new world opening up. So this is what this energy does. It's um, The fox has a history of magic and cunning associated with it because it is the creature of the night. It is imbued with supernatural power, if most visible at the time of dusk and dawn. So these are magical times. You know, we have faith in manifesting. You know, the crown chakra, the upper heart, the throat, the middle eye, you know, and the solar plexus and the heart and the the root chakra and the feet, you know, we're all manifesting. And, you know, there's a chakra right on the end of the nose that helps you see and be able to react to things. Mine's really strongly developed because I, I know when to do things at the right time and it just everything unfolds for me. It is the animal of between times and places of the fairy realm, you know, like we were talking about before. You know, the, there's animals that are related to the fairy realm. Its appearance at such time can signal that the fairy realm is about to open for the individual. So I was seeing that. So it says that the Chinese believe that foxes were capable of assuming human form. The fox acquires the facility to become human at the age of, of 50. Well, I forgot to say something. On the 21st of May was the 51st day. It's a very magical number since my dog Tamara passed away. And that was that beautiful um, full moon, you know, in Sagittarius. So it was, you know, really changing moon and helping us shift, you know, consciousness. And get ready for a time when humanity is really going to change. And we're already going through the process, you know. Um, and I was saying that, you know, at the beginning of the show. It becomes either a wizard or a beautiful maiden who will ultimately destroy any man unlucky and left to fall in love with a maiden who... So these are just tales. And um, the very symbolism of the idea of the magic was born with the feminine energies. So the Cherokees invoke fox medicine to prevent fox bite or frostbite. And um, hoppy shamans always wear fox skins in their healing rites. So it's a very strong totem. The Choctaw saw fox as the protector of the family. Um, Apaches credit fox with the killing of the evil bear and for those sticking its tail in the flame and stealing fire for humans. In other societies, fox was a great, held in great esteem in Persia. It was sacred. It was funny, when I was coming back from, my, uh, from the Caribbean, I had a, a limo driver that was from Persia, and he was talking to me about heart and how he goes to Cuba to meditate and really strong energy you know Cuba has very strong energy I was there in September and I was doing energy work there too anyway Persia the fox was sacred for it helped the deceased get to heaven so it's you know bridging realities like we were just talking about you know the the turtle so it's reward those who, who did its service so it's what you see about the fox. They have long, sharp snouts, long ears, bushy tails, and long, thin legs. The large ears help the fox to keep cool in the summer as it dissipates heat through them. For someone in the fox totem, that difficulty with summer heat, combing the hair behind the ears will always bring great relief. So the most common fox in North America was the red fox, but not all red foxes have reddish fur. The fur of the fox is variations, just as human hair does. Some have a reddish coat 
while others may be brown, while others may have black. So I was seeing kind of a sandy-colored one. The red fox associated with sexual energy, the kundalini. So, you know, the golden one might have to do with the same energy as the topaz, okay? That I, And that um, manta ray, which is kind of a brownish color, topi color too, and with the different colors on it. So it, it's a camouflage and um, shape-shifting and um, has to do with the aura and the changing of the aura. So that's what we were talking about that today, how humans' energy fields changing. You can focus on changing the appearance so that you can blend in. They talk a lot about the fox, so if you want to read more, you know, just feel free to go and um, do a little bit more research because, you know, I'm limited to how much I can talk about certain things. Um, there's some other stuff that I wanted to talk about. Um I guess when you go through the law of attraction, you know, um, a lot of people figure, you know, they don't sit. And part of manifesting is sending out intentions. And um, But, you know, before you, you send out your intentions, you may want to go through goal setting, okay? So some people do a five-year plan. Uh, people get some people say you shouldn't be that specific, but apparently the more specific and the more in motion you put in it, you know the more it happens you know i there's certain houses this is really funny houses that I've really loved and places that I've really loved you know people around me end up getting them it's because i've I've manifested it for them, so I get to enjoy the place and i don't <laughs> I don't have to live in fifty different houses um Anyway, the secret of the law of attraction, set your goal. You make sure it's stated in a positive way. You know, like say you want to get a job. What specifically do you want to get as a job? So, dated as in now. So, as I do my job, visualize yourself doing the job. Specify the outcome, what you will see, hear, feel. When you have it, you know, your emotions, the smells, the feeling, the sensation. Is it something that you really want? Does 100% of you want it? What will this outcome get for you if you allow it to do so? Is it self-initiated and self-maintained? So it's not other people pushing you. You know, and also, is it for you or is it for everybody else? Okay, think about those things. You know, if you want, if people want you to do something and your body's not wholeheartedly into it, you're going to rebel, and you won't even know you're rebelling. It's approximately contextualized. Where, when, and how, and with whom do you want to do it? Okay, secondly, take massive action. Once you've written your goal, the key to your success will be read your goal every morning and remind you where you're headed. Read your goal every evening and create your task list for the following day. Ask yourself, when you read your goal, what have I done today and what am I going to do tomorrow to move me towards this goal? By reading your goal over and over, you constantly give your unconscious mind the message of where you're headed and where you want to accomplish. So it's it's all about um, the subconscious mind, okay, and opening up your subconscious mind and getting it in there that you're not you're not and you're not living in fear and that's something you really want. 
you know, another thing, remember, every time the sun comes up at the start of a new day and what action you're going to take today to move you towards your goal. So things that you should watch for. This is uh, W.W. Paul Walsh, Paul, P-A-U-L, Walsh, W-A-L-S-H.com, resources, goal setting. Uh, Things to watch for. Your goal should motivate you. So when you read your goal, you are not completely overwhelmed with happiness and motivation that goal is not right for you. So so you want to get a certain job and you write that goal out and you're not happy. You have to have a lot of zing in this to, you know, really want to set this goal for yourself. So it needs to be compelling that when you read it you're motivated into wanting to take action. So it'll motivate you not to sit around, okay? An excellent goal may even give you goosebumps the first time you read it. And you're like, oh, you know, this is fantastic. If this happens, then it's a sign you are truly driven by what is exactly a written goal should do. It should be very specific. It's important that you write your goal as specifically as you can. Your subconscious mind will notice the efficient route to exactly what you want. And if you said that you wanted to be successful without specifying an outcome, um, your definition of success may get changed to make the goal easier to reach. Without being specific, your subconscious mind will find shortcuts. You know, I was saying that the manifest generator finds shortcuts to get things done. Well, when you do this, you, you, you're you still in a 3D reality. And some people are not in um, fifth dimensional consciousness, so it's kind of bridging two realities. You want to be really specific. Read it every morning and night and stop if you stop reading your goal, stop giving yourself directions. Change something in your room or set an alarm on your wall to remind you. So write a sign saying, read your goal. You know, motivate yourself. So um, I wanted to talk about um, the pain of being in love with someone you can never be with. Because I got a feeling that there was somebody listening to the show that they have, they're loving somebody, but they can never be with that person. And, you know, in the old times when people had to get married because marriages were arranged, they were in love with somebody else, you know, they had, the, the feeling of romantic love would come up. Um, when we think of love, we think of a happy kind of love. And um, there's a much uh, another kind of love, a much darker and sadder kind of love, and it's one one feels when he or she can never have that love. You know, it's unrequited love, somebody that doesn't, love you back or you know they don't notice you or anyway you can love someone with you all your soul and never get a chance to be with that person even worse you know that you love him or her understanding there's no possibility that two will ever be together this is elite daily e-l-i-t-e-d-a-i-l-y.com dating sex means love someone can you can never be with um so the fact is, love is not enough. All those fairy tales, all those stories and movies you've heard and watched and grow up lie to you. Love is never enough. So you hear that love is irrational all the time. You, you still hear the same people saying that love is enough to keep two people together. So we live in a world and a reality right now that's governed by irrationality or depending on how strong the ego is, rationality. Um, so we're governed by rationality but love may be irrational. So it may take time, you know. So things don't make sense sometimes. But, you know, it's it's important to look at that part and realize, 
you know, and to grieve that loss. So, you know, two people may love each other and can't be together. There may be different, different reasons, religious reasons, that you're married already. because You know, and then people have twin flames, and um, they think they have to leave their mate or their spouse married to. It's often not a good idea. Because love is an intense, as an emotion can get, it occasionally leads us to make poor choices. So, Because lovers who can't work together don't like to accept the fact they have a tendency of breaking up and getting back together repeatedly. And they get together and they get scarred and they get back together and they break up. But sometimes it doesn't work out, okay? <coughs> Excuse me. I just wanted to remind people about that that it's important that we look at those things and we, we accept it and it's like going through a grieving process. And we are going through ascension. It's it's happening, okay? The earth is going into higher frequency. And that happened in 2005. And, you know, it's an evolutionary step for all life in the universe. <clears throat> it's called ascension. And the dimension is fifth. Everyone and everything. That's why, you know, I say what propels the civilization in this next step. And the show is called Fifth Dimensional Radio. Everything and everyone ascends when their energy vibration reaches a specific frequency of light. So there are many forms of light upon the earth, you know, life. Animals are even ascending, you know. Family members can ascend. So everyone on earth is deciding on some level where they choose to align with divine order, with source, and so to ascend to the fifth dimension, or if they wish to continue their learning in third dimension. So sometimes when we start to head to the fifth dimension, you know, there's kind of a break, and sometimes we lose jobs or we lose our life the way it was. It's just to prepare us for the next step, you know. And a lot of people don't understand that. It's hard to understand. And I do this show to help people understand that. And, you know, there's times where, you know, the upper chakra opens up and then you get pain in your chest and you don't know why. You go to the hospital and they say, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just because your vibrational energy is changing and your chakras are opening up. And the upper heart starts to open up. And then you start, you know, seeing things in a different way and, and, and seeing things and become more empathic towards other people. It's about vibration, and it's about keeping yourself in a high level of vibration. So you don't want to keep yourself in negative thought patterns because it's going to keep you in that lower vibration, and your body's trying to expand at the same time you're not allowing it to. So it's like that word again, allow, we have, you know. It's just allowing things to flow, and it has to do with the feminine energy, opening that part of yourself. And a lot of people don't know what they're doing, and they're really... It's like the mind or the ego is trying to um, know the details. There is no detail to know. You know, the spirit, the upper part, our higher self, surrenders to divine order, to the source. And, you know, it's about trust and faith and just moving on to something more, you know, like transmutation. So... You know, a lot of people figure that there's work to do. You know, it, it, it happens on its own. You know, light workers already have a light body. You know, that 
solar plexus energy that's merging with the heart. That is the light body. And, you know, it takes part of balancing and of this energy and becoming one big ball of light. You know, um, and that's what takes place in ascension. It's, a, you know, the changing of the heart, the changing of the chakras, opening up of higher chakras, just it, expansion, okay? So that's basically what it is, just expansion of our light body. And it, it's it's not about losing the ego, it's becoming more aware of the ego. So just, you know, Anyway, negative energy. Believe it or not, it's a gift. How how would you know that what positive energy is and light is if you don't see the opposite? Okay, and this is why the three D was a learning experience for a lot of us. So things don't feel right to you. Be aware of your initial feeling and trust. So. You know, they they say, you know, people follow this guru and all that stuff. It, it it should be by your own intuition because people put things on you and take energy and do all sorts of things. So it's important to rely on yourself and that inner egg, okay? How do I recognize your truth? Your heart tells you. You know, like all these chakras that are, you know, in this part of the body, you know, the upper heart, the throat, you know, the third eye, they kind of all come together, and then you speak truth. And it connects to source, you know, the the crown and the higher chakras even. So, you know, a lot of people find they're losing their memory. And, you know, in 3D, there is you need a memory to, to in order to know something. In fifth dimension, the knowing is the way to operate. It's about connecting to source and... Um, so that your memory is disappearing to allow your ability to respond intuitively, you know, to connection to source. So losing your memory is a positive happening, you know. And everyone, you know, about eyesight, the higher uh, frequency of light. <clears throat> some people may shut the, excuse me, some people may shut their eyes and be able to still see, They'd be able to drive with blindfold on, okay. Some, but when this starts to happen, your eyesight may need to adjust. You may become difficult to read small print. So you don't need an optician. Just buy a pair of lower magnification glasses. But my eyesight is phenomenal. People always say to me, can you read? And I go, yeah, why wouldn't I be able to? But they know my age, right? I don't have any visual or any other problems. So... A lot of people see they don't they don't get a lot of done because you're living in 3D and you're transmuting. You're, it's like you have your two legs in two different places, right? And it doesn't seem like you can get things done. But when you're in the realm of eternal moment, or in you know moment, the now, I can get a lot done. So there's no time. People find that all of a sudden <laughs> there's no time because we're moving away from time. There is no time. There's just a moment. So the earth moves in no time. Her frequency increases. She loses time. That's why when I, you know, I talk to, on the show at the beginning, I say, I see one clock, that's nine minutes difference. 
you know, when you live in fifth dimensional consciousness, there there is no time, okay? There's just the moment. And then eternal time, which is the moment. It's it's always. So when you live, you know, in that moment, that's when you manifest and things happen instantly. So another thing I noticed, I, I was in that um, limo and the guy was talking about his meditating and all this stuff. He was putting shoulds and coulds and blah, blah, blah. And when I would say something, he goes, but you should do this and you should do that. I never said anything because I know he's going through the should and coulds. Don't do only what feels right. There's no shoulds and coulds and woulds and all that stuff. It it may not always feel exciting, but it will be pleasant. It will feel right to do. So we live, our emotions are different. They're more balanced. They're not all over the place, like extreme. And that's why, you know, this um, balancing energy with the totems that I talked about today, getting your emotions balanced, not reacting and living in negativity so we we put these reactions aside and check if it feels right so but it's also living and thinking about other people not um thinking about oneself it has to do with more of the connectiveness you know that sagittarius kind of energy anyway you know a lot of people find after a while they don't think they don't have that ruminating and the negativity going on in their head so you'll find that it's like no brain some people call it no brain, where you don't think. And then emotional chaos. You know, there'll be a point where you say, I, I don't want this in my life anymore. Before it didn't seem like it was anything, right? And then you start to notice. And it gets more and more traumatic. And you say, I don't really want this, you know. So it, you can do that. You can get beyond that. So how do you get into your heart? Open up your upper heart. People say, get out of your head and your ego and get into your heart. It's, you know, some people say it's a matter of discipline, but I think it just flows if you let it happen. You know, um, in fifth dimensional consciousness, things and thoughts come from the heart. You do it based on that. You don't think, oh, what am I going to be doing or how's that going to happen? You're living in the moment and you let your heart sing. So do what makes your heart sing. And it's about living and loving unconditionally, not judging people. Okay. And, you know, some people say, it's a, you know, never let yourself get away with a negative thought. Well, we all have those moments, you know. And the thing is to allow yourself, you know, to do that. Say, oh, you know, next time I won't. And it gets easier. So, you know, there are really no leaders in fifth dimension, okay? It's about inner mastery. You know, I talked about... Um, a lot of masters have come here, you know, to help. But, you know, it's it's all about this knowing and this connectedness to source and being able to speak your own inner truth and see your own inner truth. There are no answers, you know, without the body. The answers are within, okay? So that's like the egg. The, the, the answers are within, Okay. You want to break the egg open from the inside out. You know, that just ask and manifest to be in the highest light. And some people invoke the sacred violet flame, okay, and to transmute. Um, 
you know, to align with the highest source of all creation, with the divine energy. That's, you know, what I ask. And I, I feel connected all the time. You know, pe- I don't, people say they need to channel. That's not channeling. It's just connecting with source. Um, it's about getting beyond feeling like a victim. I have so many people focused on all the negative stuff that's happened in their past. I mean, it's good to look at and then to release it. But it's also okay to forgive yourself, you know, that you have done that. But there's there's always a learning thing from it. So th- there's a third dimensional belief pattern of judgment. You know, people say, well, I ascend. We all do. It's in divine order, so it happens. But it just seems to me that many of humanity are, are doing, choosing to do it, you know, as a group, okay, as a, a human collective. So ascension will occur when you've completed what you've came to earth to do. So any dense energies in your emotional, mental bodies will get transmuted into higher frequency. You know, you may feel kind of yucky at times, but when you release that energy, a lot of us have held it. You're saying, what the heck did I do that for? And you look back on it and it makes you laugh, you know. It just seems so easy after you've done it, but at the time it's not. So I don't judge anybody because I've been there, you know, and maybe that's why I went through that path, to be able to help people. So your desire to leave this 3D reality will at one point be balanced with the desire to remain. And, you know, some people may ascend with their twin flame. And some people may ascend with their families and with their animals and all that sort of stuff. It's about going beyond the barriers that you've erected and all the beliefs, patterns, and justifications. You know, as long as we're held in these belief patterns of 3D and ego and all that other stuff, you're holding yourself back from manifesting quicker, Okay being able to go do these goals. And we'll talk more about it next time I do a show. Because, you know, I talk about manifesting at different times. So it's about surrendering. It's not about, um, you know, being all in fear and all that sort of stuff. And, and there's nothing to fear. You don't you lose your identity. You know, you're you're an individual within, you know, a greater whole. So, you know, it's about like the river, we're all different rivers flowing into the ocean, right? So surrendering, it just means you're becoming in tune with the consciousness of the universe and of the creative energy. So it's all about keying into your intuition, becoming in higher frequency, and letting go and allowing and integrating and creating your own light body. So it's transmuting dense energy within yourself and becoming more light. And, you know, some people can transmute those codes to other people. Sometimes people listening to the show completely change after listening to the show. But I think once you go through something and you have healing energy and you've healed yourself, it, it you can heal other people or your energy, the frequency of your energy heals other people. So um, it's about... It's not about doing things in order or anything like that. It's just about allowing. And I and I want to thank you, everyone that listens to the show. Um, 
I should really get going here. I've talked a long time, and I've talked about a lot of different things. But basically, it's all about going within, taking that journey. And sometimes things happen that allow us to do that. And sometimes it's losing a job. Sometimes it's losing somebody in our life and allows us to go within. So it's all, it's all about listening to the inner voice within you. And, you know, you can manifest things very quickly in your life if you choose to allow yourself to. So it's all about forgiveness. It's all about, you know, seeing that you can and that you are a magical being. You know, I, I've talked about these different totems and stones and stuff like that. That's just to give you, it's like baby steps to give you support, okay? Anyway, much love, and I will talk to you very soon on 5th Dimensional Radio. Thank you for listening to 5th Dimensional Living with your host, Diane Bachberger, bringing awareness to our world of greater love. For more information on Diane, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash dbachberger1. May your heart and minds always be open to experiencing a greater world. Thank you.